0: Before we jump into uh, the sermon, a new series, we have uh, some family business to take care of. And Emily's going to come up and share with you. She's right behind me. Wow, that's pretty quick. <laughs> so what's going on with the junior high? <laughs> So if you have a junior hire that wants to get plugged in, um, 6th, 7th and 8th grade, we'd love to have them. Uh, Outside of the foyer, we have a set of balloons that are over there. We're trying to get all of our information updated on um, cell phones, all that, to get the text messaging systems going again so we can inform you what's happening. So if you have a junior hire that wants to get plugged in, um, we'd love to have them. Here's a fun picture this week. We went over to the coop House and we played um, Capture the Flag, so we had a great time. But uh, if you have a junior hire, get them plugged in, we'd love to um, have them there. Thank you. Awesome. A couple of the quick updates. Um, if you have not heard already, and you're wondering what's all this behind me, this is the play we have going on at the church. Godspell. Um, this this coming week. It's I think it's next till the 19th. So if you haven't gotten tickets already, make sure you get the tickets. It's outstanding. You really enjoy it. And it is a great opportunity to invite people to church who may not normally come, who say, I don't want to go to church, but they'll come for this. They'll see, you know, the incredible facilities that we have here, and they'll come back. So uh, excited about that. So that's number one. Number two, we have a lot of mission trips going on this summer. Matter of fact, I'm jumping on a plane after, sec- after this service and going to Monterey to-, to connect with the high school students down there, a bunch of high school students. Do a mission trips in Monterey, Mexico. And there's a group also, a small group of people that are going to Haiti. And uh, uh, one of the leaders was saying, hey, we need some supplies for the kids. So if you're interested in helping out with getting some supplies down there for the children in Haiti, right outside the door to your right on the ministry table, there's a, there's a flyer that has a list of needs that Back to Back has for uh, this upcoming mission trip to Haiti. We're also going on a mission trip to Haiti in October. If you're interested in going to Haiti in October, I think we have one, maybe two more spots, but not many. But if you'd like to go, make sure you call the church office and, and let them know you'd like to go there. We also need someone. Bill's over here. Where's Bill? Bill, raise your hand. If, if, after the service, if you've been wondering, how do I get involved in Grace Chapel? You can be one of the, he said, a slide guy. Is that what you called his Slide. It's kind of cool. The name is Slide. You can be a slide guy, which means you do this thing up here, putting the scripture verses up. We need more people, all right? Once a month. It's just a once a month commitment. We need more people to be trained to do that, to get involved. So if, if you're in high school, whatever else, that's totally fine. We want you to be involved. So if you want to get trained over there with Bill, go see him after the service. Connect with him. He'll put you on the team and he'll train you and get you ready to be a part of that ministry. One last thing. If, you, if you've lost your glasses, we probably have them here at Grace Chapel, okay? There's about, seriously, there's like prescription glasses, there's prescription sunglasses, there's sunglasses. Pretty soon, we're going to open up our own optical center here. So if you lost your glasses, go get them, all right? They're like lined up at the welcome center out here. They're just lined up on that green deal that we have on their little basket, so go get them all right and let people know hey if you lost your glasses probably at Grace Chapel I want to make sure those glasses get uh, taken they're expensive you they don't want anybody to lose their glasses and not know where they are all right this morning we are starting a new series called between two worlds and I'm I'm really excited about it it's basically a walk through the book of first peter and I really believe that it will ha- it will challenge us to change the way we think and the way we live our everyday lives. So, you know, things that you do every single day. It's challenging. This sermon is going to be a bit challenging. All right? So, I want to prepare you for that. And this is coming right from 1 Peter, right from the Word of God. What I'm telling you is basically what it says here. And it's a challenge to every single one of us. There's no one in this room, including, including me standing up here, that is exempt from what Peter is saying. Every single one of us need to work on these areas of our lives because he's laying out to us who we are, how we should live, what God expects of us as believers in Jesus Christ. So it's going to be a great series. I'm going to jump in in first Peter, chapter one, verses one and two, it says this Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who reside as aliens. Keep that word in mind. Aliens scattered throughout Pontus Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, that you may obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in fullest measure. Did you know that the Bible says that you are aliens? Okay? Okay. That you are strangers and aliens of this world. That means you, you, your home is not this earth. You are this, your home is in heaven. We are aliens and strangers and foreigners in this world. And we are, we are basically not home when we're here. We may love our country. We may love what we, what we do and the things that people we interact with. But ultimately, our home is in heaven. It is not here. We are foreigners. We are aliens. We are strangers, the Bible says, of this world. It's like if you get on a plane, like I'm going to do this afternoon, and you fly to another country... And you land in a foreign country. I remember the first time I got on a plane and I flew to another country, a foreign country, they spoke a different language. I landed, I got there, and I immediately realized that I was an alien, I was a stranger, I was a foreigner. The moment I got off the plane you had people who were who were, you know, speaking different a different language. I couldn't read the newspaper. I couldn't I, I turned the TV on and the and the TV basically, you know, was there people were talking different language there as well, and I didn't understand it, so I turned it off. I realized very quickly that I was a foreigner, that I was an alien in that world, in that new land. But here's the thing. If you start to speak like Very well speak like the people of that land. And you begin to act like them and you begin to talk like them. You are no longer a stranger or an alien in that land. But you have then been incorporated, if you will. You've been integrated into that country. You are now a part of that. Because if you're acting just like everyone else and you're speaking like, just, like, just like everyone else and your, your behavior is just like everyone else, no one could tell the difference between you and anyone else in that land. You're no longer, if you will, an alien of that land. You fit right in. You just, you know, you fit right in. And this is what, it's the same with us as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. We have been adopted into God's family. We are aliens of this world. In verse verse, uh, 2, it says this. By the sanctifying work of the Spirit. By the sanctifying work of the Spirit. Sanctified. When you see that word sanctified, it means to be separate. It means to be set apart. God... When you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, whether it was here this morning, we had a load of people this morning give their lives to Christ in the first service. And when they did that, what they were doing was they were saying, I want to be set apart for God. I want to be separate, separated out from the world. I want to belong to God. And God says, when you ask him to come into your heart, God says, now I've adopted you. I have adopted you into my family. You are a Christian. Your last name, in a sense, is Christian. Okay. You're adopted into God's family. We are separate. We are set apart by God. God doesn't want us to live like this world. He doesn't want us to act like this world. He doesn't want us to share the same interests or behave the same way. He doesn't want us to speak the same language as everyone else in this world. Just because everyone else is speaking this way at work or at school, God doesn't want you speaking that way because you have been set apart. He doesn't want you have to have the same desires as this world has. This world has specific desires, goals that they, that they want to achieve. And God is saying, I have different goals for you. You, can, you have to live here in this world, but you aren't citizens of this world. You are citizens of heaven. Romans chapter 12 in verse 2, it tells us that we are not Supposed to be um, be uh, integrated, if you will, or conformed to this world. We are not to be conformed to the pattern of this world. That means shaped together. That's what it means. Shaped together. Conformed means co-formed together. Shaped together with this world. You take a piece of clay that looks like you. You take a piece of clay that looks like the world and you mush them together. They're co-formed into shaped together into one thing. God is saying, I don't want you to be conformed or integrated into this world. I want you to stay set apart. I adopted you into my family. You were once a part of this world, the kingdom of this world. I have now adopted you into my family. I don't want you to be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. I don't want you to be shaped together with those within the world. Peter is saying we have to stay separate I'm not, you know, don't don't think, oh, you're talking about not being with people. Of course not. You stay in your neighborhood. You go to your school. I'm saying when you're in those environments, God is saying be different. Be set apart. Don't be like everyone else. You belong to me. You don't belong to the world. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not to be, like I said, conformed, whether it's at work, you go to work and people are talking in the factory like this. They start dropping the F bomb. They start doing this. They start cursing. And, you know, that's just the way they act in that particular environment. And God is saying, no, I have set you apart. It doesn't matter what how they're speaking. You speak differently. When you go to school. The word of God is saying it doesn't matter how everyone else dresses or everyone else speaks or everyone else treats other people. I want you to be different in how you live and how you dress and what you say and how you act. He's saying I want you to be set apart and it doesn't matter if you're in junior high or even younger or in high school or in college or whatever else. Let me ask you a question and I'm not doing any of this. This is not a this is not a beat up session. It really isn't. I just want you to think because that's what I do when I'm writing this. I really think because no one is exempt from what I'm talking about, including yours. Truly all the elders of the church, all the staff. We're all at different points in our spiritual journey. And every single one of us, this applies to every single one of us asking tough questions. Let me ask you a question. Maybe you're going to pick on college students for a second. You have your Facebook page. Now, I ask you, this is a question I'm asking. I'm not making any statements. I'm asking a question. If you took your posts and your pictures on your Facebook page and you compared those pictures and posts to your atheist friend, would there be any difference between what you post and what, all the pictures and what your friend posts and what he says or she says? Would there be any difference there? Would, if, if people looked at it and said, well, which one is the believer, the follower of Jesus Christ? Is it this one or this one? Just by what you post and the pictures that you post and those kind of things, would people, would you be, would you be convicted in a court of law of being a Christian? Not just because you said you are, but if, if you are called into court from this church right now, they put you in jail and then tomorrow they're putting you on trial and they're going to get a jury and they're going to say they're going to go by your 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 words and they're going to go by not saying I'm a Christian, just how you live every single day and the act, your actions, they, they kind of videotaped you walking around for the past. That's bad, isn't it? That? that would really straighten things out wouldn't it? if we all videotaped, but they videotaped you for the last couple of months, six months or so, and now they're going to hold you, you know, you're in court. Would you be able to be convicted as a follower of Jesus Christ by how we live our lives, by what we're saying, what we're doing? That's what Peter is talking about here. In Colossians chapter one, 12 through 13, it tells us, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. We all at one point lived in this world as citizens of this world. I was a citizen of this world. You were citizens of this world. But then all of a sudden it says in Colossians chapter 1, 12 and 13, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us unto the kingdom of the Son he loves. We are citizens of heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. Understand that. You're an alien, a stranger, a foreigner in this world no matter what country you live in. As a Christian, you are a citizen of heaven first. We are we were all like I said all one citizens of this world. But then God in his mercy, God delivered us from this kingdom And now we are citizens of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Verse 1, it says, go back to verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens. You reside here in this world as aliens, as foreigners. You reside here. God has, you were born here or you came to this country, whatever the case may be, wherever you go, you reside here. But you are aliens because your true citizenship, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you became a citizen of heaven. We talked about it so much, having an eternal perspective. This world is not our home. This is why we have so much worry and so much grief and we have so much anxiety and we have so much fear. Many of those things are based upon the fact that we still hold on to this world as our home. And so many people are so miserable because they don't know Jesus Christ. And this is in their minds. They're only shocked and it's not working out very well for them. Their relationships are in tatters. Their their job is miserable. And you're thinking, this is it. This is it. And then I die. Of course, you'd be miserable. Of course, you'd be depressed. But Peter's saying, wait a second. We're only passing through here. And our goal is to do everything ultimately that we're going to be doing in heaven. Sharing, you know, we're, we'll be praising God and we'll be all the things that we'll be doing in heaven. Is This is kind of a practice for that, for eternity. So we are citizens of heaven. We were once all citizens of this kingdom. But then God has adopted us out and made us citizens of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. See, now, just again, I, I want to make sure I, I no one walks out of here saying well, that God Greer doesn't like America. I love my country. I'm very patriotic. OK, very patriotic. I would die for this country. I believe in freedom so much that I'm able to stand up here and just say what I want. I could say I think the president, the last four presidents are total knuckleheads. You know, what I mean, whatever. I don't I'm, I don't say that. I don't think that I, well, I really do. But I, I you know, <laughs> You know, I, you know, I can say what I want because of what, because people have died for this, for, to fight for my right to say, I love America, okay, I love our Constitution, I think the Founding Fathers were brilliant, this is the greatest experiment in the history of the world, this country, that said, that said, our first and our primary citizenship is in heaven, not the United States of America. Our first and primary constitution is the word of God, not the U.S. Constitution, as amazing as it is. Right? Our first and primary king and commander-in-chief is Jesus Christ, not the president of the United States or any political party. Our first and primary responsibility is to Jesus Christ. I am a citizen of heaven, and the word of God dictates my life. I love this country, but pass a law that goes against the word of God, and I will not obey it. Because this is my primary responsibility. And my, my, my dominant desires, the desire of my heart, is not for the treasures and the pleasures of this world, but to build the kingdom of God. That is my ultimate desire to glorify Jesus Christ, to, to, to live a righteous life, to live a holy life as my God calls me to live and to build the kingdom of God, not to gain the treasures and pleasures of this world. I don't want to run around trying to grab as much as I can and all oh, frenzied frenzies do. This is what everybody else says is what I need. And this is what's going to make me happy. And this is what's going to that's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in contentment. I'm interested in peace. I'm interested in joy. I'm interested in building the kingdom of God, not the pleasures and the treasures of this world. Why? Because I am not a citizen of this world. Now, do I fall into things like everyone else? I certainly do. If I'm up here talking like, boy, I've got it all together. That is not true. But I realize I'm a citizen of heaven first and this world second. I'm an alien of this world. Paul says it this way in Colossians 3, 3 and 4. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears. Listen to this. I'm going to say it again. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. When Christ, who is your life. Not, not your co-pilot, Not the guy you pull off the shelf when you need something... Not the magic genie who's somehow going to give you all the expectations that you have in your life. And he, he exists to make your life better. So you pull him off the show. That's not what we're talking about. It's not what he said. He said, when Christ, who is your life, appears. See, Jesus calls us to fix our minds on radically different priorities than the nations of this world. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33, it may say 25, but it's not 25 in the next one. In Matthew chapter 6, 31, 31 through 33, it says, listen, do not be anxious then, saying, that don't we do this? Well, what am I going to do? What happens if I'm going to worry about this? And we're all worried about, what am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? What am I going to do? What am I going to have? And all this kind of thing. This is what he's saying. He says, he says, Do not be anxious then saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or with what shall we clothe ourselves for all these things the nations eagerly seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. He's not dumb. He knows we need them. But he says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Why? Because your first and primary responsibility is to your citizenship in heaven. It is to Jesus Christ. It is to the word of God. It is to be set apart. You were adopted into God's family. When I, I have a son, his name is Joshua, and I have two daughters, Kim and Jen. When Kim and Jen were growing up, they would do certain things, and Joshua does certain things now, and I will say to him every once in a while, Joshua, Greers don't do that. We don't, Greers don't think that way. We don't act that way. Here's how Greers work. Here's how Greers do things. Now, he knows he's a follower of Jesus Christ first and foremost, but Joshua and our daughters, but Joshua specifically, has been adopted into our family. And once in a while, I'll tell him, I told Kim and Jen, Greers don't Greers don't do it this way. Here's how we work. Here's how we interact with other people. God is saying to you, I have adopted you into my family. Your last name is Christian. Here's how you should live. We don't talk that way at work. We don't interact that way with people in the car when they cut us off a little bit. Put the finger down, okay? All five should be up and there should be a wave. It's okay. (laughs) You can think to yourself, you're such a moron, but just smile. You know what I'm saying? And then go back and repent of the moron comment later on. But, you know, that's not, God would say, "Ah, ah, ah, that's not the way we, that this is our family. This is how we act in our family. But everybody else would give them the, I know they would. But see, you're a Christian. I adopted into my family. That's not how Christians respond See, God promises to meet all of our needs in this foreign land, but we need to commit our minds and our hearts to him, to his values and to his purpose. Living like living like aliens is utterly necessary if we choose to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Understand that. Living like an alien in this world, we, we have gotten so pulled into culture, it is so difficult for us to even see it sometimes. But we are to live as followers of Jesus Christ, as aliens. I would venture to say that in the churches all over this city, in the churches all over this country, all over the world, that there are a whole lot of Christians who have fallen in love with the world. They have. They've fallen in love with the world. They've gotten sucked into culture. They look, they act. I don't care if it's online. I don't care if it's in school. I don't care if it's at work. I don't care if it's with their friends. We basically have been assimilated into culture, and we have literally, in a sense, fallen in love with the world. Now, I've taught you in the past... That things are either sinful or sacred. Exactly. If it's not sinful, it's right. So there's no such thing as secular. Here is my challenge to you this morning. I'm going to take another step because Peter's forcing me to. And I I love Peter. So I'm going to do exactly what he says. Here's the next step in that. You cannot confuse on purpose or even whatever. um, Sinful and sacred. You can't confuse those two things. You can't start, we, we, we can't start justifying in our minds. Well, it's not really that sinful. And it's kind of a grayish kind of area here. So, and you kind of confuse the secular, I mean, the sinful and the sacred. You can't, here's the thing. Let me, give it, let me get real specific because we're never going to be dynamic until we get specific. Here's specific. There's nothing wrong with you getting in your car today and driving and putting on the radio. And it's not a Christian station and listening to the music on station. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. I find music that this band plays up here. I have certain stations. I have two Christian stations and I have two or three others that are not Christian. I I kind of poke the thing and and find different stations and I'll listen to them song and I'll hear them sing and I'm like, ooh, I like that tune. Now I want to listen for the words. What are the words saying? And the words are saying something really funny or really, really meaningful. And I'll say, ooh, that would go along with the next series. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to ask Jen and the band if they could start practicing that song because there's nothing wrong with the song. I'll listen. The next song that comes on that radio station is something about some woman who's got different body parts and he thinks what they are and yada, yada, yada. And I'm boop, click to a different station. Why? Why do I do that? Why? Because the station itself is not sinful, but what I'm listening to now has changed, okay, over. And here's the deal. I have to critically evaluate everything I listen to according to the Word of God. It is inappropriate for me at any age to listen to something that is outside of my citizenship in heaven. I have been set apart. For God, Romans in Hebrews chapter 10, and verse 10, it talks about being holy. I'll, I'll read that verse for you, but it talks about being holy. I have been set apart by God to try to live a holy life for him. So can I listen to a, a, a non-Christian radio station? Of course I can. But I need to critically evaluate the things that I'm listening to and not allow trash to come into my mind because I am set apart for God. I can watch TV. I can watch TV. I can watch a whole bunch of TV. Here's the deal. I can't just push a button, watch whatever comes on. Oh, that sitcom is so funny. I know that guy's an axe murderer and he like kills it. But he's like the funniest character and it's your favorite show. But you know what I mean? But this person is totally debauchery and carrying on totally against the word of God. But it's really funny. I'm sorry if it's funny. You can't watch it. According to the word of God, you have to critically evaluate everything that goes into your heart, into your mind. You are to protect your eyes, protect your mind, protect your heart from allowing those things that come into your mind. So what I'm saying to you is the word of God would say that you have to critically evaluate what TV shows you watch. I am not the TV Uh, Nazi, whatever you want to call, is going to come to your house and tell you what you can and cannot watch. I'm telling you that the word of God, since you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the word of God should dictate and help you evaluate what you listen to and what you watch. Does that make sense? It isn't Jeff Greer. You're not coming to church. I'm not saying don't watch TV. I'm not saying don't listen to music. But I'm also saying this. The word of God would say this. It doesn't matter what they wear at school, at your high school. What you need to do is evaluate what you wear according to the word of God. It doesn't matter what they say or how they speak at high school or at your job. You need to evaluate what you say and how you speak according to the word of God. Why? Because God said, I have adopted you into my family. You are set apart. You are separate. I don't want you molded into their image. That's what Peter is saying. That's what Peter is saying. And I'm going to tell you something. It is so hard... Someone say amen after I say this, after I say it. It is so hard to be a citizen of heaven and live in this world. Oh, my goodness. It is really hard. I love movies. I love movies. And I don't, you know, but it's like, oh, I can't watch this one. I can't. It's so hard. I want to, what did, why can't they just cut that part out? And then they had, to, they had this thing where they would, they would edit all these things out, and they made it illegal to edit all that junk out, so you can't even see a good, good movie because there's all kinds of junk in it. It is so hard to live as a follower of Jesus Christ sometimes in this world, to be a citizen of heaven and live in the world. It's so hard not to be assimilated by the Borg. How many people know what the Borg are? Raise your hand if you know what the Borg are. Yeah, you're not a Trekkie, you know what the Borg is. The Borg in Star Trek, the next generation, the Borg are these, people, these aliens that fly around this, this square ship and they assimilate people into their collective and everybody becomes the Borg. Regardless of what you were before, you're the Borg. It is really hard not to be assimilated into their collective and become the Borg in a culture in which you live. I know how hard it is. This is not easy standing up here and saying these things. I know some people are not happy at all with what I'm saying, but all I'm telling you is the truth. This is what, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, God said, You belong to me. I set you apart. And here's how I want you to live. You're a citizen of heaven, not of this world. So do not be like the world. Be conformed to the image of my Son Jesus Christ. There is a, a person in the Bible, Demas said, that, that uh, Paul talks about. It says, in Colossians and Philemon, Paul called Demas a fellow worker along with Luke and Mark. So Demas was a fellow worker. But then in Second Timothy chapter four and verse 10, he has these disturbing words. He says, Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Having loved this present world. He's following Paul around. He is fellow worker, if you will. But then he falls in love. He gets, he gets sucked into the collective, if you will. He falls into the culture of this world. He falls in love with this world, and he leaves Paul. He abandons him and goes off. It is a tragedy when a professing believer walks away from God and lives for this present world. I'm not talking about losing your salvation. I do not believe you can lose your salvation, um, though some do. That's okay. I'm saying what I'm saying is is a tragedy when someone who may even think they're a believer in Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, when they, they start walking down, they start they start start living the Christian life to the best of their ability to a point, And all of a sudden the world pulls in and they get pulled away. And Demas was one of those people who was with Paul and said, he, Paul said he fell in love with this present world. It is such a tragedy when someone who is beginning to track with Christ, their life's beginning to change, falls in love with the world. And it's, and I'm telling you, it's even for a follower of Jesus Christ, who, who a follower of Jesus Christ To backslide is difficult as well because we fall in love with this present world. When those who claim to follow Christ are absorbed into the world and give up walking by the constitution of the kingdom, the word of God, the Bible, and give up pursuing the, if you will, the priorities of the kingdom, then Jesus Christ, the Bible says that they have no right to believe that they're going to inherit the kingdom. See, this is where it gets a little... Take a deep breath. Okay, we're going on a little bit of a ride here. We're almost done, but we're going on a little bit of a ride. Listen to this in First John chapter two, verse nineteen. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For they, ha- if they would have been of us, they would have remained with us. Living as aliens in this world is the only way to spend eternity with God. Living as aliens in this world is the only pathway to heaven. If you choose to be at home in this world, if you choose to make this world your home, and you choose to fall in love with this world, then Jesus is saying, then you are going to suffer the same fate as this world. If you love it, if you love this world, that's your God, okay? and you made yourself right at home here, and you can't tell the difference at all, this is the way you're going to live, then what Jesus is saying be careful here, because if you make that choice, if that's your choice for your life, then you suffer the same fate as the world. First John 2, 17 says the world is passing away and its desires. But the one who does the will of God abides forever, abides with him forever. And let me be honest with you. It's very difficult for me sometimes to understand how someone who is a follower of Jesus Christ can consistently um, choose to live like the world. I completely understand falling into sin. Completely understand it. If you you know, no one in this room can judge someone else in the room and say, "Well, I can't believe that person." We all make mistakes. We all fall into sin. No one in the room is exempt from what I'm saying. We all do that. What's difficult for me to grasp is that people choose to consistently live like the world when they've seen the difference. Because I'll tell you what, um, I was, I'm going to use the word blessed. I was blessed to live like the world for almost 18 years. I used the word blessed because I was able to see the world from the inside, not from coming from the church and seeing it from the outside. I actually lived on the inside and I saw all the pain And I saw all the ugliness of what that caused. I watched friends literally die. Friends who get wasted in the car, wrap their car around a pole, pole catches on fire... And they all burn to death while they're banging on the windows and no one can get to them because the fire's too hot. And then boom, it explodes. They're all gone. I've experienced that. I know what it's like. I've watched friends who have suffered terrible abuse. I have literally seen from the inside the agony and the hopelessness of that existence. And when Jesus Christ came into my life, everything for me changed. I, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I went from darkness to light. It was very clear to me. I lived in darkness, and when Jesus Christ entered my life, I was now living in the light. I renounced my citizenship of this world and entered into the citizenship of heaven, and I never looked back. Do I sin all the time? You're darn right I do. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect by a long shot. But the thing is, I understand where my citizenship belongs. I understand when I do make those mistakes, I ask Christ to forgive me for those sins, and I keep moving forward in my relationship with Jesus Christ, trying to become more like Him. See when I renounce my citizenship i can I can vividly remember when i when I gave up my citizenship of this world and gave my citizenship to God and to heaven and i 'll tell you what I will never ever go back i, I I became when I when I gave my life to Christ, I became a person who no longer just existed. I truly began to live. I let go of my fears and I, be, I, I truly began to understand and to dream of life's possibilities. I, I was I was alive in Christ and I never wanted to experience what I experienced again. And I I can say from the bottom of my heart, the Christian life is the best life to live. Is it difficult to live in this world and be a follower of Jesus Christ is absolutely a difficult thing to do. But that's what the word of God calls us to do, because God says, I love you. I have adopted you. I have separated you out, set you apart for my use. And you are no longer citizens of this world. You are aliens and strangers in this world. You are citizens of heaven. And we need to live that way so that when others see our lives, they will be drawn into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I remember when I renounced, if you were my citizenship of this world and, and gave my life to God. And I want you to bow your heads with me this morning as we close. I want to give you that same opportunity this morning. If you don't know Jesus Christ, if you've been dabbling around, you've been coming to church and you've been doing the Christian kind of thing, but you haven't made a commitment, then I want you this morning. I want to give you the privilege. I want to give you the opportunity to be adopted into God's family and to be set apart and to be a citizen of heaven. The Bible says in Romans ten nine, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord Not just Savior, that He's the Lord of your life, which means He dictates how you live and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. In Acts chapter twenty-six, seventeen and 18, it says, I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins in a place among those who are sanctified, separated, set apart by faith in me my friends this morning it is time to choose this could be your spiritual birthday this day in july it is time to choose it is time to draw a line in the sand and choose does that mean you going to be perfect after you make this after you say this prayer no it doesn't But it's saying that you are a citizen of heaven and that your desire is going to be to live your life like Jesus Christ. He will be the one that you conform to, not this world. It is time to choose this world or Jesus Christ. Darkness or light. I want you to pray this simple prayer with me in your heart. Just just repeat it in your head and in your heart after me if you want to become a citizen of heaven. God, this morning, I choose to follow you. I want to be set apart for you. I want to be adopted into your family. Oh God, I admit that I have fallen short, that I've sinned and I ask that you would forgive me. I want your son to live in me. I want your spirit to live in me and to show me what my gifts are, to show me who I was created to be, to show me my purpose. Take my life. Take my whole heart and transform it. In Jesus' name, with your heads bowed, I also want to give you who have walked away, if you're a prodigal son or a daughter, I want to give you a chance to come home. You've been walking in this world for far too long. Listen to my words, please. I beg you. You've been walking in this world for far too long. You're losing yourself in this culture. You're being assimilated in to the culture. Some of you have one foot in this world and you're straddling that line that you want one foot in this world and one foot in heaven. But that won't help you when it's all said and done. You're gonna have to choose. You're going to have to make that choice. You can't be lukewarm. Jesus is very clear in Revelation three fifteen through 17. It says, I know your deeds. I know that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. We try to live in a world of gray, thinking that no one's going to notice. But I'm here this morning to tell you that God notices. And with him, my friends, there is no gray. In God's country, there is no dual citizenship. It's time to come home. It's time to ask God to forgive you and to begin to live the life that you've been purposed to live. I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. If you've been a prodigal son or daughter and you want to come home, it's simple. Father, forgive me for living like the world and not like your son. I want to start to live for you. God, show me my true self once again. 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. That's what I love about being a Christian. I can fall away and be brought back with just a prayer of, of asking of forgiveness. Just ask him to forgive you and come home. Ask him to come into your heart and be born again, be renewed. God, we love you. We know you love us and you love to give us fresh starts. You love to give new beginnings and God, we pray for a new beginning right now for every single person here. God, I right now before you as a pastor of the church confess any sin in my life before you right now. Pray that you would forgive all those sins, Lord God, that I could walk in newness with you. And I pray that for every single person in the room. Every day we can walk in newness with you. This is the amazing thing about being a follower of Jesus Christ. All we need to do is ask for forgiveness each and every day. And we begin again. So, Father, we give our lives to you. And we pray that you would use us in a powerful way. And for all of those this morning who prayed those prayers, I I just want to ask you to do one thing with everyone's head bowed. Just please do me a favor. Raise up your hand just for a moment and then put it back down. Just raise it up. Oh, my goodness, that is awesome. Praise God. Here's what I want you to do. For those of you who prayed that prayer for the very first time and asked Christ to come into your life, I want you to text me, I want you to email me, I want you to contact me in some way and let me know that. Because I want to help you in your spiritual journey. For those of you who raised your hands and said, I want to come back into relationship with God, I want you to connect with me as well, and I want to make sure that your path is strong and straight. God, we love you, we praise you. And this is going to be a challenging series, but we're ready for it, dear God. We don't want to shrink back. We want to know the truth and we want to live out the truth. Because we know if we live for you, there's nothing we can't accomplish, Lord God. There's nothing that we can't do through your power. Use us. Help us to become more like your son, Jesus Christ, who said when he left this world, you will do even greater things than you've seen me do. God, we want to live that out in our lives with boldness. So we pray all these things in Jesus and precious, his precious and holy name. We pray that they would be sealed. In Jesus name, amen. Have a great week.